listening to Saved by the Spell, a new podcast featuring DIY witchy tips, what's hot in the astro, psychic insight, advice about sex, love, relationships, magic, and more everyday stuff for you and me. I am your host, my name is Marcella, and we are on episode seven. I am so happy to be here, and I am so grateful. I just want to say that to you guys that I am episode seven. Yes, it's very exciting. So, this week's topic is about past lives, and it seems to be a hot topic. I get a lot of people writing me and uh, coming in for sessions when I do group sessions. It's one of the more popular classes that I do. And, you know, the belief in the existence of past lives, former lives, and reincarnation has been widely accepted for generations and throughout most societies and cultures around the world. However, here in the U.S., for the most part, it's still looked at with some skepticism. Although I am seeing more people these days becoming receptive to the idea that we might have existed or hold some information in our memory banks of time that came before us. There are many schools of thought around this and even some science is starting to validate some evidence or proof at least of memories passed down via DNA, which in itself is a whole other topic, but at least that's a start. So, why do a number of healers and those that want to be healed explore past lives? Well, I find that it helps provide answers or perhaps even healing, clarity, and solutions to issues that we have phobias, fears, or strong and explainable attachments and connections to things, people, and places in your present life. I firsthand have found physical healing connected to exploring my own past lives, and the experience was so powerful for me that it became one of the top reasons why I wanted to be able to offer it in my practice to clients and friends alike. Our past lives are here to teach us the various lessons of life. They may be traumatic, they may be glamorous, they might be quite boring. Some people are really disappointed to find out that they were not Cleopatra or a great king. We might also discover that we have very intense, like opposing experiences in order to learn both sides of the coin in that lifetime or and then the next one and then the next one. I personally have seen myself persecuted and as a persecutor in multiple lifetimes, flip-flopping the role back and forth, learning about power, the abuse of power, what it means to be disempowered and also to be just disgusting with power. Even if you think you're unaware of what your previous incarnations have been, you might feel drawn to certain areas in history or have deep unexplainable fear of something or an attraction to something. These are all, you know, they can be clues to your past lives. I have to say my first uh, PLR, which is short for past life regression, was not good. I did it over the phone with a practitioner while she was very skilled 
at getting me in the state of mind I needed to be in to explore, I was not ready psychologically and emotionally to process what I was about to see. A little background to help you understand, uh, I'm going to just explain this first, is when I was eight years old till about 12 years of age, I was terrified for no reason, mind you, of dogs. Uh, real irrational. This fear, it seemed to manifest out of nowhere, and it was so intense that it would send me into a full-on panic attack. Around 12, it completely evaporated from my existence. To this day, I am completely comfortable, almost too comfortable around dogs and canines, and I will even push myself at them, um, even the most seemingly or ornery ones or like wild ones. I mean, I was I did a couple little volunteer trips out to the wolf sanctuary even, and I, no fear, no fear at all. Now flash forward back to my past life regression, I saw myself as a young boy in India. I was happy and I spoke to every deity, every animal, every being. And then the next memory, I'm being chased down by vicious dogs. I knew in that moment that a group of village women decided I was something that was to be destroyed. I threatened the peace of their community because of my ability to speak to different deities and energies. They sent the dogs to hunt me down, and they did. The next memory, I am not just seeing, but at this point, I am experiencing my death. I'm being burned, still alive, wondering how can they do this, but at the same time, forgiving them. I was freaking the fuck out, basically, uh, having this very strong awareness of that past life and, and reliving it. And the woman over the phone could not offer me the right words or support to remind me of the present. It was so real to me. And coming back to the present from that moment out of that relaxed state, I, you know, it was very horrifying. I now knew why I had my fear for so long. Uh, you know, when I was younger, where it came from. But I also knew that I had to be able to help others through these kinds of treatments or situations, um, this kind of sessions, if you will, you know, so they would have the right support so they didn't go into the shock and the trauma of it all again. Now, in comes Dr. Brian Weiss, a traditional psychotherapist. Dr. Weiss was astonished and skeptical when one of his patients began rec began recalling past life traumas, and he um, put off writing, you know, this best-selling book for almost 20 years because he was afraid people would think he was a quack. He has written a number of books and done countless lectures and speaking engagements about past life regression and the benefits. So not long after my first experience with PLR did I dive right into reading a few of his books back-to-back. Most popular being Many Lives, Many Masters, which some of you I'm sure have heard of. Uh, I looked him up and I saw that he was going to be in Los Angeles, like really soon, like in a couple of weeks. And so I signed up immediately and did a weekend workshop with Dr. Weiss. A weekend that would blow my mind and again forge the idea of helping others with this kind of work. Earlier I had mentioned... Um, about a physical healing I had experienced through PLR, and that experience was my first regression at that weekend workshop. 
So the majority of my life, I had suffered from migraine pain. And I just thought that was what, you know, headaches were in my family. I would numb it with aspirin, with Furacet, like prescriptions. I'd hide out when they would come in. I, I just thought this was normal. Uh, so I dealt with it. Little did I know that they were, in fact, from a past life injury. But through Dr. Weiss's guidance, I saw myself through the eyes of a man. Because you can change your sex as, you, you know, um, your ethnicity, all these things. Usually you can become different things no matter what you are in this life. So I, I all of a sudden realized I am in this body of a man. And I'm looking through his perspective. And I know that it's 1877. And I know... I am Nakota. The words popped in across my head like a television prompter. I looked down and I saw myself wearing white man's uniform of the North, and I knew I was in Saskatchewan territory. It was pouring, and I was under a makeshift kind of tent shelter, like a barrack, but it was, it was muddy and raining. And I'm looking out, and suddenly there is a man in front of me, and I, I knew him. I recognized this guy but he looked different physically but I knew his spirit he was a guy that in my present life I kept seeing around town near where I worked and funny enough I would see him and he made me so nervous like I couldn't tell if I was attracted or terrified of him but he made me really anxious so go back to the regression now I see him looking at me with a stern confused face and I knew in that moment that we were lovers and that soldier and I and he was terrified of someone finding out in a moment of passionate rage he came at me and with the butt of his musket he smashed me dead center skull and then on both sides of my head I felt my spirit exit my body and there I stood in spirit facing my former self for a moment the now soulless body with blood pouring down my head, my face, I watched my body collapse to the ground. After seeing that trauma, something miraculous happened. I haven't had a migraine since. It has been close to six years. It's crazy. I can't explain why it worked or what it is or what kind of science, what kind of wow, like woo-woo stuff it is, but it worked. And I am grateful. <laughs> you know, in FYI, past lives are not just about traumatic experiences. We can also identify gifts, talents, skills, ancient knowledge. All of these by seeing how they were a part of previous lifetime. It's almost like going into a room that's been uh, vacant or like just locked or shut and you haven't gone in a while. Going in and turning the light on and all of a sudden you discover all of these things that you've had in storage. You could have a secret talent or a propensity for something. Um, it could very well stem from a past life. It's pretty awesome when you do see the correlation of when something inspires you to explore something that you may have been really talented with in a past lifetime. So why do I call it past life healing? And I, I call it healing because I believe that by witnessing and seeing what has come before. We are not changing it. We're just witnessing it, thereby giving it a voice, not our power by not knowing 
you know, what it is. So now we can call it by name. So like I said, these experiences, and I've had multiple regressions done, really inspired me to go and do some training. And I did some great training with the, the National Guild of Hypnotists. And I worked with Greg uh, Sartan, or Greg Beckett is um, his professional name, and who is a phenomenal hypnotist and teaches in Los Angeles, and he does uh, training. So uh, it was really important for me to to, to talk to an expert and, and go through that kind of understanding of how to deal with people. And I'm telling Dr. Brian Weiss changed my life. So really also look him up and check him out. Um, I'm going to move on now to the question and answer portion of this because I have a few, quite a few. So let's get on with that and just bear with me in the noise. I am recording in my apartment in Los Angeles on a Sunday evening and in, um, <laughs> There's all this extra noise, which I'm sure you can hear, but uh, let's see. Moving on to the questions, we have Ariel in Sacramento, and she asks, do you think it's possible that visions of past lives may be actually of future lives? Uh, yes, yes, I do. I think, well, if, you know, if you can go backwards, of course you can go forward. Now, the difference that I've seen with future lives uh, and why they're more, I guess, um, changeable is because it depends on what you do in this current life. So if you see a future life and, <clears throat> and if you know, it's like, you get that very strong vibe that this is the future. Um, you want to look and see if, if you're happy with it, then continue by all means what you're doing. But if you're not happy with it, maybe dive a little deeper and see if there's any work you can do on your current life to, grow and evolve that future life that you're seeing. Hank in Vegas, sometimes I have a hard time believing what I'm seeing in past life regression or meditation because I wonder if my vivid imagination is just making it up. Do you think we are just doing some creative storytelling? You could be. You could be picking up on varying things that you've seen throughout your life or movies or things like that. But here's the thing. You are seeing something to process it. And if you are making it up and it's helping you, I hey, you know what? That works. That's cool. I would say this, though, just like anything. Do you believe in what you're doing? If you don't believe in it, it's not going to really help you you know, no matter what it is. So if you can allow yourself um, to trust, just for once to trust, okay, this information I am getting is truth. It is real. It is helping me. It, it, it might be a creative imagination, but it might be the way that your, your um, mind and body allow you to deal with the information at hand so you can actually heal it. And if it's healing for you, I think that is amazing. Next up is Millie and Michigan. Millie asks, what is the best way to handle a relationship when you know and feel a past life connection, but the other person is not aware of it or does not acknowledge it? I have definitely been in situations where I could feel it was past life related. Some of these situations were positive and some of them were negative. Like I've had a couple of interactions where the people have had very strong uh, opinions and 
maybe they weren't so great and or I've had a strong aversion or reaction and I had a flash of knowing um you know I don't think it's it, it's our job to put all the information out to the other person especially if they are not aware of it or they don't want to acknowledge it that's okay if it's just you that knows the information is there for you to heal it it's like not relevant you know for your life if they heal or not because it's quite frankly it's none of our business your business is you and if you can utilize knowing that you've got a connection to someone and maybe it was a strong beautiful connection and or maybe it wasn't um if you this is, is special to you and um you know you can release the the pain or the pressure you know not everyone is meant to be aware of this type of you know connection uh, in their lifetime maybe that's not part of their healing process and that's okay uh, that is totally okay so you can acknowledge it i think that's great uh, you know, I would just not let it be the ultimate, um, you know, make or break a situation that this person or a person's don't have an awareness. That's, that's their, this is their path and their path is unique and it's very different than yours. You can thank the information for what it is and keep moving on your journey. Jessica in San Diego writes, is a regression something I can do on my own, or would you recommend seeing a person who specializes in this type of thing? I recommend both. Here, uh, there are different types of people and different ways of doing things. I am the type of person that really, depending on my focus, depending on my mood, and depending on the environment, uh, I could do a group. You know, I personally, you know, I also love the one-on-one -on -one interaction with working with someone else. And I also like doing it on my own too. The thing is, I do stuff on my own all the time. And it's nice, the way I like to tell my clients is when you have a private session or you do a group session with someone leading it, What's nice about that is, is, is you let someone else drive, you know, for the duration. You, someone else is driving, they're guiding you, you're kicking back, you know. You, and of course, doing it on your own is fun too, but, you, you know, being disciplined to do it on your own is, and having the right kind of support, you, you might, you're not going to have additional support if you're doing it on your own, not in the, that immediate way. So, you know, especially for first timers, I really recommend working with someone and then feel free to do it on your own. Also, if you've never done it before and you're skeptical because you know what, it's, it's not the cheapest, you know, uh, session. You know, I personally, I, you know, I offer smaller groups because my one-on-one -on -one sessions are not always, uh, affordable for people, but you're getting all of me and you're getting all of my attention. That's, that's why it is the way it is. But, you know, if you're nervous and you want the support, I love hosting groups because when you have a few people and you're all in there together and you're all kind of sharing and you're opening up, sometimes it gives you time to kind of uh, process what just happened. Also, it gives you this, you know, your sense of community and the people around you. So 
you know, figure out what feels intuitively best to you. And um, I would try, uh, you know, a few different ways. Try all three ways and see what feels right for you. Okay. And it's only, I find that it's only going to get better. You know, the first time you do it, you might be, you know, uh, that's why groups can also be um, fun if you're skeptical or if you've never done it because you might not get anything or feel like, oh, I'm not doing it right. And I don't know anybody that is brilliant the first time they do something. Usually it takes an effort and a practice. So it might be easier on your pocketbook or, you know, your wallet or whatever if you try it in a group setting first to see if you even like it. It's like a way of kind of testing it out without committing to a, a you know, a one-on-one. Um, if you are interested in doing it alone, Brian Weiss, again, back to him, he does have I believe a, a disc, uh, you know, that comes with a book called Mirrors Through Time. Uh, there's also some on YouTube. There's plenty of stuff on YouTube. Again, you're not going to get the same kind of feedback because you don't have another individual there, but it could be a fun way for you to experiment and see if you even enjoy it. Okay. Let's see who else do we have? Oh, we have one more. Lori from Escondido wants to know, is there a better time astrologically to do past life regression or past life healing work? Well, you can do it at any time. I often love, love, love to do it during a Mercury retrograde, though. Usually people have and hot over Mercury retrograde, and they blame when Mercury, the planet of communication, travels backwards. They blame it for all of their problems. But I love, love doing healing work especially past life work or any kind of childhood stuff, anything you're healing from the past, is Mercury retrograde is the perfect time because you're already going backwards. You're already thinking, you know, you're kind of in a very um, methodical place with your thoughts and you're, it's really great for mining your psyche. So yeah, I mean, uh, it will be, you know, it'll work anytime, but if you can kind of align it, astrologically with the Mercury retrograde cycle, you're going to have an epic time. Okay. Thanks you guys. I am so thrilled. Thank you for all of your questions and for being so supportive. I'm going to leave you with a witch tip today and talk about, you know, working with crystals. If you connect with them, they're a great way to get grounded. And if you're specifically looking for a crystal to aid in your past life journey, I recommend working with howlite, merlinite, obsidian, larimar, and lapidolite. Those are all great. If you have a favorite metaphysical shop or crystal supplier, definitely ask questions if you're working through a particular past life issue and you need help moving through it. There are a number of knowledgeable folks out there doing some great educated work, uh, you know, in person and online. You can find them. I mean, look at Instagram and any hashtag with crystal healing. You're going to come up with a bunch of stuff. I really love um, how educated people are about this stuff now. And if, you know, if you're in LA, totally check out the guys over at Spellbound Sky and Silver Lake. They are one of my favorite shops here to get some solid info and helpful recommendations when it comes to finding a stone that works best with your needs. And just an FYI, I am going to be having them on the show soon so you can hear more from those experts at a later date. I will keep you posted, as I will, about the other interviews that I have lined up in the coming weeks. I am so excited. I cannot wait. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to catch up on previous episodes, uh, definitely download the Podomatic app or visit SaveByTheSpell.com. 
Either way, you can listen to this podcast. It is free. You can download it, share, and share away. I am, again, your host. My name is Marcella Kroll, and I'm so grateful. Thanks, you guys. If you have questions or topics of subjects you want to talk about, email me at bookmarcella at gmail.com. And again, look at savedbythespell.com for past episodes. Take care, have a beautiful week, and blessed be.